All right, let's. He's Mario. I'm Murray, and we're both back for more Mississippi State football talk in the Doghouse on the Believe Podcast Network. Welcome back to the Doghouse and another session talking Bulldog football presented by our sponsor, Bet Online, where the game starts. I'm your host, David Murray, and he's the All American Bulldog. 10-year, thank you for correcting me, Mario. I've been saying it all season long, 10-year National Football League linebacker and a proud Mississippi Delta man, Mario Hagan. What's up out in, uh, I guess, Dallas country where they can't be too happy about what's going on with the World Series these days and that uh, less-liked town down to the south? Yeah, they can't be too happy about the World Series, but as you know, Dallas, they are a football city. <laughs> The Cowboys seem to have a little bit of a grip uh, with our beloved Dak Prescott coming back and leading them to victory. So, David, as you know, I love Dak. He's a bulldog, tried and true, but I am not a Cowboys fan. (laughs) My days in Dallas are fairly miserable with them winning. Glad to see Dak back in uniform. Hate that he's good enough to help them win. (laughs) You know, you remind me of something that uh, Dak's first year in the league and everybody said, I love Dak so much. I'm even going to pull for that Oklahoma state receiver that nobody likes. And that took a lot for me. (laughs) Hey, listen, David, I don't care. Since we don't have much to talk about with the Bulldogs, (laughs) we'll we'll elaborate on how much I hate the Cowboys. And (laughs) I wake up daily to see the Cowboys fail. And so seeing them win five and six games, you know, I'm, I'm having heart attack, headaches, pains and stuff over here, <laughs> watching them succeed. You know what I mean? So, hey, uh, not, nothing getting worse than Mississippi State football when they just don't show up and play and compete against an Alabama team that they had every right and every opportunity to win a football game prior to that game starting. And, you know, we can say the same thing for Kentucky and even more so. And that's the one I think long term is going to hurt worse because, you know, very few expect the Bulldogs to win at Tuscaloosa. We certainly thought they would compete more, but I don't think they recovered from the Kentucky loss, certainly in time. And as coach Mike Leach went on in his most unique way with references to dinosaur hands and such things. uh, Yeah. I really think there's something now inside the helmets in that matchup because there's no other way to explain, and not just under Leach, but Moorhead and Dan Mullen before him. State hasn't won since Sylvester Croom's 2017 did it without scoring an offensive touchdown. And you might say State went something like, uh, I don't know, 15 or so quarters against Alabama without an offensive touchdown because when they did score the other night, time had expired. And I'm watching the teams line up for the PAT, and the officials have already run off the field. Now, I know in the NFL, they make you kick that because of certain, um, shall we say, um, um, wagering interests elsewhere. In college, they just left, said, we're not going to waste our time with it. So the final was 30-6. to Now, at least they scored a touchdown, but it should have been more competitive than that. I thought the defense played well, especially compared to the Kentucky game. They limited Alabama's ground game, although we'll get more in detail on that. And by the way, Jameer Gibbs, the former Georgia Tech player, it's also showing why I like Jeff Collins. But if he couldn't win with Jameer Gibbs at running back before he transferred to Alabama, that tells you something because that guy's good. Yeah, yeah, he's absolutely good. And the only the only part about it 
is that Alabama did not run him at will. I think he carried the ball maybe eight to ten times, and it's a very deceiving 37 yards. But you're right, David. He is a, a what you would call a stud running back, and he's just getting started over there in the Alabama Crimson Tide uh, uh, uniform. But that doesn't give – the Mississippi State Bulldog, the right to lay down on defense, the right to lay down. And and to me, it just looked like they just I, – I find it hard to want to want to trust what Mike Leach said, believe what Mike Leach said about them and the Alabama – seeing the Alabama uniform and being scared. I don't like it when a coach does that. He's a leader. He, he's the guy that you depend on. And if your coach doesn't believe in you, doesn't trust you, doesn't think that you're a competitor and you hear that coming out of his mouth, then that sucks as a team. That hurts uh, the morale, the confidence. It kind of takes away from your leaders on your team. But, David, they haven't given anyone any other reason to scrutinize Mike Leach for what he said. No. You mentioned 2007. You mentioned scoreless quarters. You mentioned – domination by Alabama over the years. You mentioned Nick Saban when he loses the game, he come back and he wins the game. All of those things probably played a factor into maybe how we saw Mississippi State play on Saturday night. Again, I hate it as a player. I don't think it's right. I don't think it's good for a team moving forward. But when you give a coach no other choice and it makes it look true the way you played, Mike Leach just may have a point. He may have a point, and we'll get back to that point in just a moment. But first, football still hot and heavy, but now basketball is back, and Bet Online remains your number one source for all your betting needs this season. You'll find the latest odds, team matchup information, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events. Whether that's the NFL, the NBA, the NHL, mixed martial arts, tennis, boxing, and even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BLEAV, that's all caps, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. BetOnline, where the game starts. Now, where to start about Alabama? Well, we've already started talking about that, and we'll try to get out of the way quickly. And by the way, I mentioned the defense played reasonably well against the rush. When Alabama really wanted to run, they did. And what really stuck out to me, too, is the way the Bulldog linebackers were just solo blocked and sometimes crushed in the hole. I think they were playing on their heels a little bit. I'll give the defensive line all sorts of credit for effort, but you can't just rush three and expect to contain Bryce Young. It's just not going to happen. So it was a darned if you do, darned if you don't choice. Rush three and let him run around. And state the guys still get open because Bryce Young had almost no pressure to worry about and was able to make second, third, and for all we know, fourth reads and find open guys. No coverage is going to hold up that long. So it was a risk. But what was the choice? Play coverage? Play rush? I don't know. I mean, you watched it yourself, and goodness knows you have all the experience on that side of the ball. What do you do to contain Alabama besides just plain outscore them? Listen, David, I watched and won Mississippi. Two Mississippi, three Mississippi, all the way up to about nine Mississippi, and Bryce Young still had the opportunity to get the football off. 
the problem is, at Alabama, they do, like, uh, and it's this way against most teams in the country. They have what you would may say across as a unit, a more superior offensive line. Those guys are massive. Those guys are huge. And they did a good job of protecting. When you rush three, he had plenty of time, and he's a good enough quarterback to find a third and fourth read. When you you saw Mississippi State and Zach Arnett try to pressure, five and six-man pressure, one, at that point, you have to go one-on-one. Well, he was able to find guys open then. So you're right. Damned if you do, damned if you don't. At this point, Mississippi State just had to compete better, compete more. And honestly, for a game that wasn't pretty on either for either team, uh, Alabama just made more of the play that they needed to, given, uh, taking what Mississippi State gave them, whether it was a uh, zone coverage or whether it was man coverage. They took advantage of what Mississippi State allowed them to take advantage of. And what Alabama also had advantage of was the fact they were playing from ahead all the way once they scored their first touchdown. And we'll talk about the offense or lack thereof in a moment, but also about the defense. And I will give them credit. Yes, they gave up three touchdowns in the first half, one of them on a very short field after a, well, let's be blunt about it, a desperation attempt to go on fourth and short deep inside your own territory. Not that I think there was much choice in the matter by that point. Still, it was a short field. But the defense holds him to three field goals in the second half and gave Nick Saban his chance to yell at his team about something because he's got to find something to yell about, even if he makes it up. But you're right. They tried to compete, and it was a tough choice. But we've known that about this dog defense all season. And frankly, that's kind of true of defenses everywhere in the college game today, especially in the major conferences. Your defense, it really, most cases, is only as good as the offense. And Mississippi State, once again, had almost no offense going. They had a great first drive. Uh, I'm sorry, second drive. Get down there, fourth and three at the 15. People on our message boards are yelling, take the points, take the points. And I'm responding, have you seen state place kicking this year? There's no such thing as take the points for a team that misses point afters, for goodness sakes. But besides that, once that first drive fell short, ball right in the chest, on the hands, and Jaden Wally drops it. Yes, he's under pressure, but he still dropped it. You just saw a light go out on the offense. Well, again, it goes back to what we talked about, relying on the pass. Again, I am still a Will Rogers fan. I still think the kid is going to be a superior quarterback, uh, have an opportunity to play on Sunday. But in a game like this, where he was not on, in my opinion, uh, making the, all the throws, regardless of a drop ball, or whatever you saw the, uh, the, the, the life taken out of the offense uh, and trying to play catch up. 50% passing. Mm. 50%, David. You can't There's do that. No way that you can win a football game completing 50% of your passes. And so I think that's the problem. When Mike Lee starts to happen, you rely so much on the pass. And in games like this with Alabama having the type of athletes that they have, they can play man-to-man. Uh, they can play zone. They can get to the quarterback. I mean, you got Will Anderson, uh, who regarded maybe could be the top guy picked in the draft this year, who's been a stud defensive player for the last couple of years for Alabama. You can put a three-man rush up, and he can get there. Uh, Alabama chose to me. I like the way they mixed it up. They made Will Rogers think. They made Mike Leach think. And it just, it just wasn't enough. You look up, it's 21 nothing in the first quarter. And now your whole team, including your defense, 
where do we go from here? How do we get back in this game? It's already Alabama, right? Alabama, a team that has been uh, somewhat carried the SEC for the, a better part of a decade now. And so you just find yourself in a hole that you're not used to digging out of, David. And that's what Mississippi State has to learn to do is, one, not fall behind. But if they do fall behind, learn how to dig themselves out of a hole and fight and get back in the game. And that's what the great teams and the great programs do consistently year in and year out. Uh, and they learn how to fight. They don't, one, they don't get themselves behind in game. And two, if they do, they fight back. And Mississippi State is just not ready to cross that line of being that great team uh, this year. You mentioned not falling behind. That was the first, first quarter, for that matter. That's the first, first half that Mississippi State has lost on the scoreboard this season, which is a pretty amazing thought there. They've basically been playing even or from ahead in first halves all year long. Now, they didn't finish the job at LSU or Kentucky, but Alabama gets a lead, and you think, well, it's going to be over at that point, and it was. I, you know, Okay, the offense was without LaQuinston Sharp and Dylan Johnson, so you take away the ground game right there. I'll give Jaquavius Marks credit for playing tough, even when he had a busted nose during the game. No flag on the play, of course. But it was more like he was running into the defense than running away from it. Simeon Price probably not ready for that kind of pressure yet, though he has a little more speed. State just wasn't going to break anything deep, but what they were missing was that third and fourth down short yardage guy. I think that Rodgers is able to call the game differently, but even on that series we talked about in some of those conversion downs, fourth and one, fourth and two, and not have to rely on the short pass plays and end up with under-pressure receivers or pressured throws if you have DJ in the game. Now, the word is he may not be back for Auburn. He could be. This open date's helping. He certainly should be back for the Georgia game. But without DJ, that puts more pressure on Will Rogers, and honest to goodness, only he and his coaches know what he saw. But I've got to wonder if not having the sure center in front of him and DJ beside him made a difference in his play calls. It, it could be. I mean, you this game is played with the next guy up in the locker room, right? The play calls, you recruit. You recruit guys that if the guy in front of you is not ready to go, not available, not getting the job done, then, then the next man is up. I don't I, – I, I love Dylan. I love the way he plays. But, hey, man, you have a, a guy in marks. You have the playbook. You know who it is. The next man up, David. That's just the way this game is played. Mississippi State didn't, didn't win because they didn't have DJ back there. They, they didn't win because on the penalty, 10 penalties, the 100-yard versus yeah. Alabama, three penalties. You look at the game, Mississippi State was right there with Alabama in total yards. Total yard. They, they're there, 293 to 290. They outrushed them. They were right there maybe a yard behind and, and, and yards per play. I mean, they beat them in third down efficiency. They just as many first down. They lost the game when they let Alabama get ahead. And then penalties, whether it was giving Alabama extra yards or first down or pushing yourself uh, back offensively getting behind the down. They didn't lose the game because of player that they didn't have they lost the game with the players that are on the field because they just weren't mentally ready to go into a dogfight from behind against a uh, Alabama team that's the problem David they lost that mentally on the field they just were not ready to put up that kind of fight and getting down 21 nothing earlier that's a bigger fight than you plan for during the week 
you mentioned the penalties, and I don't want to harp on that too much because we know the legend, which is a lot of truth to it, that about the only way to get a holding call on Alabama is get about 30 points behind them, and then the flags start coming out for offensive holding. Okay, that's a gripe for another day. I'm going to ask this question, and this is not aimed at this particular game. I want your opinion as a defensive player on this. You saw the, and I use it in about triple air quotes, late hit that Nate Watson was called for on Bryce Young, where he kind of reached out with both hands, and it almost looked like Young pushed off his hands himself to get that fall and draw the flag. Okay, and maybe Watson should be a little smarter and put his hands up, but okay, that's set aside. As a defensive guy, when you see something like that called, how does that impact the way you play the rest of the game? And maybe a larger question, the SEC refs, college football refs, and I guess pro, they're doing so much to protect players with these late hits or late contacts and things. Will it get to the point maybe that defensive guys say, you know what, if they're going to flag me for this, I'm going to get my money's worth on this contact. This game is not for defensive players. Let's just be real, David. It's not, it's not for defensive players. The NFL – down to Little League. It's not for defensive players. You can't even breathe on a guy. You might as well put, put a skirt and flags on the quarterbacks. Please, stay away from the quarterback. Don't even leave it in the hands of the ref. We all know this. Whether we think it was a, a, a heinous call or, or not a – however you want to label it, stay away from the quarterback. Do I, do I have a problem with it as a defensive player? No. Get the guy on the ground. We want to see who the second-team quarterback is. But knowing today's rules, just stay away from the guy. I, In my opinion, I saw it live. It looked okay live, but when you watch it, maybe a tenth of a second, maybe a half a second, the ball was gone. You know how it is. He's, it's Alabama. You're not going to get that call. You're going to get that against you more times than for you. So it is what it is. This game is not for defensive players. The targeting sucks. It's so subjective to a defensive player. What do you want him to do? You want a guy to catch the ball and then let him run, gather yourself, then now I got to tap you. It's not built for defenses. So um, that play, you got to take the good, the bad with the ugly, and that just turned out to be ugly on Saturday. I can only imagine what Joe Lee would have said about some of these targeting and late contact calls in those days. He'd say, that's just football. And I imagine you feel the same way about it too. I understand. I understand in the NFL for years, they've made it the point because quarterbacks sell tickets, but come on college football. You're telling a guy not to go 100% after the player and then switch it off to 0% once the ball's out, human beings can't do that. Chris Chris Jones. uh, I'm sure everybody saw Chris Jones uh, a few weeks ago and he literally had the football in his hands and they called a rough. And you start take uh, Grady Jarrett, the Falcons uh, versus the Bucks. How else do you want him to tackle Tom Brady? You give him that call. But then you go the other night in the NFL, you look at Justin Fields, who gets sandwiched. And then a guy falls on top of him and doesn't get the call. So it's very subjective. Sometimes I do think it's who's playing, who the, who the quarterback is, and maybe who the team or coach is. No matter the reason – it sucked for defensive players. They This game has become entertainment, not football. And that's just the bottom line, David. So you have to coach every day, be smarter than you were before 10 years ago about how you attack and hit offensive players. 
Well, speaking of coaching, Mississippi State has a week to do it, and we did not get a full schedule of what they're doing, and there were no media availabilities this week with coaches or players. From what we understand, a lot of the staff is out recruiting because we're now falling within that window where the high school season is coming down to the playoff time, and coaches can get out and actually start evaluating, talking, doing those things. So that's good. Um, I'm more concerned right now about how much coaching they're doing on the field to get their guys ready to restart the season because at five and two, two and three SEC, Mississippi State still has a lot of opportunities. The funny thing, Mario, is when I made my preseason predictions, this is exactly where I predicted they would be at this point of the season. Of course, I had the SEC games reversed. I thought they would beat LSU and Kentucky another round, and guess they beat AM in Arkansas. So still five and two on track for bowl eligibility. But there's an edge to it that you feel like having watched the LSU Kentucky games, they at least ought to be six and two right now, maybe even seven and one. The opportunities are there. What is it going to take during this open date, getting ready for Auburn, to get them to play like a team that they have the capabilities to be? How do coaches approach this and get in the heads and address here's what you've done well, here's what you haven't done well? stroke both of them and put it together because there's so much in front of them beginning with Auburn next weekend. Well, when you look at, first of all, get, let your players go, tell them to be careful. Bye week is one of those things that when you're in college, you look forward to going home and seeing your old high school game, depending on how young you are, see your parents or family and friend that you haven't seen in quite some time because you've been grinding uh, uh, getting ready for an SEC schedule. Go home, let the players refresh their mind. That's why it's the bye week. Come back, and you you really can't. It depends on what it is. You really, Mississippi State hasn't played horrible. They just have not made the uh, the big plays when they've been needed, especially in the LSU game, especially in the Kentucky game when the big plays were needed. There was no chance against Alabama. It was over with uh, as they got started. So how do you get them back? Let them go home, relax, and it's a new season. Every, after every bye week, there's a new season that's starting, and that new season will begin with the Auburn Tigers. The day they walk back in the building, we have four or five games left. We have an SEC slate that is mandatory that we win in order to be bowl eligible, get a good bowl, and maybe possibly make a late run, depending. You never know what happened. Start with Auburn. Start as a new season. Opportunity to go 1-0. The first half of the season is done. Focus on what we got ahead. That is how you get your team back on track. Coaches over this time recruit, self-evaluate, see what you did right, see what you did wrong, take those, mix them in a bowl, and get, get the best out of it. That is how you start a new season playing football and getting ready to make a late SEC run. Well, it can't be fun down at Auburn these days. They're getting ready to play Arkansas after having their own open date. For all intents and purposes, it's a lame duck coach, although he's not fired yet, like what five other schools have done already. It just can't be much fun practicing or playing under those circumstances. I know, of course, you were had a, a consistent staff here at Mississippi State, but in pro ball, were you ever playing for a guy that either everybody knew or it was already set that he was going to be a lame duck coach that year? I don't know if I played for a lame duck coach, but uh, my, most of my seasons were spent on the battle side of, of trying the, the uphill battle of trying to stay above 500 or get above 500. 
the longest season that we had was uh, many of you may recall Josh McDaniels when he was in, in uh, Denver as our head coach and the uh, another Spygate cheating scandal. I think that might have been the the biggest landslide. And and, and even in that year, we started off six and zero. We started off six and zero in Denver, and a lot of things started tanking. And then right in the middle of it. You get the uh, – we go to London and we play the San Francisco 49ers. And right in the middle of that, we get back our coaches being relieved of his duties, uh, being fired. We have a whole half a season left. So that was pretty tough. We had already just started taking a two- or three-game slide. Then our head coach gets fired. Then Eric Studisville, who was our running back coach, been named interim coach. And now you're trying to keep a locker room together. I don't know if it's as bad as what Auburn has. But from my experience, that was my toughest year, trying to find our way between our head coach being fired and a losing streak that we were right in the middle of. So it was very tough that year to uh, to, to to finish as a team. For me personally, I tried to stay focused. I had bigger fish to fry, but I couldn't speak for everyone in that locker room. Absolutely. And uh, that's how the Tigers are handling it this week, I guess, because they've got to get back in action and whatever happens to coaches – Auburn still has talent, and that's what we'll be watching. I know we'll have a few other SEC games to track, uh, watching the Rebels as they play A&M. And you being out in Texas, that's turned into a really interesting story, what's going on down in Aggieland these days. So maybe sit back and just enjoy the weekend and relax. Uh, what are your plans this weekend, Mario? Hey, SEC football. That, that's, that's my weekend plan, SEC football. I watch my daughter play basketball, then I come back and I watch a little SEC football. And you know, as well as I know, this is the SEC. Anything can happen. Anything will happen. So keep an eye on uh, A&M and Ole Miss. Keep an eye on Arkansas and Auburn. Even keep an eye on Mississippi State in the bye. You never know. The bye, the bye week might defeat the Bulldogs if they're not careful. So maybe we, it's SEC football. Anything can happen any weekend in the SEC, and that's why I love this conference. It's where you want to be, it's where you should be, it's where you got to be if you want to mean anything to college football. Absolutely, and we love our Bulldogs, even when they frustrate us and when they make us happy, either way. And that's why we stay with it, because let's just face it, we're addicted, Mario. Is We can't lose that. And yes. I don't, I don't guess we do. <laughs> Oh, well. Anyway, so we're telling all you people out there, uh, we thank you for tuning in. Uh, if you like what you're hearing, why not give us a rating on Apple Podcast? How about it? And of course, check out with our sponsor, Bet Online, if that's where you uh, want to spend the weekend, maybe making some wagers on the action around. Uh, of course, NFL full fly, Major League Baseball now down to the World Series, and basketball getting cranked up as well. So, a lot going on in that world. Myself, well, it looks like it'll be a little rain here in Starkville this Saturday, but uh, trying to get out of town today for a break with Kathy, and she's been very tolerant of me during this uh, eight-week run. Not well, let's make it more like a 12, 13-week run because it began back in August preseason. So now we get a little bit of a break here as well, but come next week, it's game week again, Mississippi State hosting Auburn, 6.30. There are various special ticket packages available on Hale State. In fact, there's a four-ticket plus parking pass, which cannot be overstated. Parking passes, one of those valuable things you can have in college football for $99 and also a package for the East Tennessee State game, similar, for $40. Check those out and start making some November plans to be on Scott Field. 
The Georgia game is sold out, so State's about to begin a three-home game stand, which will largely determine what bowl we're going to and how we evaluate Mike Leach's third season. This month is going to tell a lot, Mario, about um, what kind of foundation he established. Are they as mature as we thought they were a month ago, or is this last two weeks more indicative? We don't know, but that's what the next four games are really going to show against a really interesting variety of opponents. Well, David, no matter how it turns out, it's always Hell State and it's always Go Dog, baby. You heard it from the man yourself, and you'll hear it from me. And this is David Murray with Mario Hagan in the Doghouse, sponsored by Bet Online, where the game starts. We'll be talking to you next week. Until then, enjoy your open date, all you dogs. <laughs>